Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. I'm joined today by Uberpleb Eileen, and I thought I had lost this episode because we had a few problems when we were recording, and Eileen's voice came through like a Dalek once I listened back to it, and I was gutted. Thankfully, I found a file uh, in another location, so we were good. We are good to go. I can release this, but I've only just found it. It's... Uh, at this point, a good six weeks old, and Eileen's already been to Miami since and experienced Bitcoiners in real life and furthering her Uber Pleb journey with her own podcast, Along Cape Bitcoin. You've got to go and check it out. She wanted to come on the show and share her journey. Uh, it's been great to get to know Eileen on weekly Zoom calls in a, um, a group that we get together with and kind of use as a bit of a, uh, I don't know, psychological session psychology session i guess <laughs> bit of therapy with other bitcoiners from around the world but uh yeah she's great fun and it's been great to get to know her i hope you enjoy the show please make sure you share uh, you check out the show sponsors you know who they are by now coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten obi was on the last episode go listen to that relay.ch forward slash bitten and across the pond in the US, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. These services will help you stack sats, but then you have got to step up, take control of them, get yourself a hardware wallet. You can use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet, shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. I have an episode coming out soon with the CEO, Douglas, and we are going to be doing a giveaway of a Bitbox 02, so make sure you listen out for that episode and uh, it's going to be a little fun experiment enjoy this one with Eileen okay we are recording Eileen welcome to the show great to see you thank you great to be here and we have as you can see two guests to ask you a question because uh, you know it's kind of in the spirit of your own show your own Bitcoin podcast uh, along came Bitcoin which we're going to talk about a lot uh, so, Caitlin is here to to kick us off with the first question. Hi, Caitlin. Nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you too. Um, so, I heard that while you started your podcast not long ago, and I wanted to ask, like, why did you start the podcast and what's your goal for it? So, I started the podcast because I, when I first started learning about Bitcoin, I was reading books and then I started to listen to podcasts. And as I was listening to podcasts, I noticed that I was not hearing a lot of female voices in the conversation. And I was thought, as I kind of went down my journey, that I might be able to provide some value or add back to the space by having a podcast that would have a focus on women in the space. And have a conversation with women that are working in and around Bitcoin. So that was my inspiration. It was pretty simple. No, I agree with you. <laughs> well, and so it's lovely to hear your voice. And um, and your sister was one of the inspirations for that, Lauren, because 
she has been one of the few female consistent female voices that I've heard in the space. So I thought, well, if Lauren can do it, then I can do it. So here I am with a podcast. Yeah, well, that's really nice to hear. Yep. And uh, <laughs> how many kids do you have, Eileen? I have three children and my oldest daughter's name is Caitlin. And I have a son. Um, I know, isn't that ironic? Um, <laughs> And it's probably spelled. We're, it's spelled the traditional Gaelic way because we're Catholic, we're we're um, Irish, so um, it's the the Gaelic version of Catherine, which was my sis- is my sister's name and was my grandmother's name. So that's why the name Catherine is in our family. Um, right. And then I have a son who's in college. So my daughter Caitlin is um, out of school, living and working in New York. And um, oh, that's my dream her- to go back in New York. <laughs> yeah, she's she's living her dream. That was her dream too. So, wow, and that's so weird. yeah, it's pretty cool. She's she's very strange to have her not living here anymore. Mm. And then my son, I have a son who's in college right now. He's a sophomore in college. And then our youngest um, is a finishing up his freshman year in high school. Cool. That's where we are. And you want to keep uh, the other two kids around as long as possible, I'm guessing. Um, no, actually, <laughs> I think I, we, I love our kids. I love all my kids. But I, I feel like they should grow up and go and be and do who they are, what they are. And I we celebrate that and encourage that. So um, I want them to find their passions in life and explore them. And we're here to support them however we can. But. No, I do not envision myself having kids living under my roof forever. So I feel that they need to go do their thing. And I'm excited for them. See what that is. There we go. Caitlin's giving me looks because she was telling me at dinner time that uh, she's thinking like uh, maybe she'll go and find an international boarding school or something somewhere. And I'm like, nah, 16. Nah, I'm not ready for that. (laughs) Yeah, I will admit they didn't go off until college. They started living um, on campus in college and having apartments in college. So 18. And what age is that in the UK, in the US? That's 18. It's 18. Right? Well, my daughter was 17 because she, she's um, young for her grade and um, she's kind of a go-getter, probably like you, Caitlin. And uh, <laughs> she actually graduated college in three years. She got in and out in three years. And wow. so in her fourth year, she used to get her master's. So she's already finished all that. And she's working finance, on becoming, yeah, she's accounting finance um, and she's working on getting her CPA exams taken care of. So she just passed her first one and she's got three more to go. And now she's got mum in her ear about Bitcoin and it's turning her world <laughs> upside down. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, mum, this can't all be true. All of these <laughs> like Keynesian economics I've been taught, uh, you know, I've got to stay on this path. So we've been using a theme around our household and with our friends is you do you. So whatever is works for you, that's what you do. I'll take care of myself. You take care of yourself and we'll share ideas, but we should each be doing what feels natural and, and good for each of us. I think that should be a theme in our house too. Yeah. But like Eileen said, you know, you're still only 15 child. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this summer I'll be 60. Oh, imagine raising self-sovereign kids. Right? <laughs> they can think for themselves. You know, what you're setting yourselves up for. 
Oh my goodness. Just be careful anyway. what you ask for. That's what I always said. I, that's what I, I always wanted for her was to, for her to be a strong, independent woman and to make her own decisions. And she is. So I'm, I'm excited for her that she's finding her way and making her own decisions. And it's exciting for her to see them come to life and be proud of the accomplishments that she has because they're hers. They're not mine. And um, I celebrate those for her with her. Cool. And she does the same when I come out with a podcast about Bitcoin. She's like, all right, mom, whatever, you do you. <laughs> and that's how it should be. Yeah. So when are you starting your own podcast? Um, I don't know. I'm not really into podcasts. I like asking the questions. I like talking, but I don't like listening. I just cannot listen to podcasts. You do like talking. Yeah. <laughs> so you might be a good guest on a podcast if you yeah. like talking so maybe i'll have you on my podcast because i had both of your sisters but i haven't had the yeah. opportunity to speak with you so okay we'll have to catch up sometime i'd love sure. that all right do you have any further questions i'm good um... should we hand it over to lauren yep who's standing on hot coals over my right shoulder here <laughs> it was very nice meeting you caitlin thank you nice to meet you too Okay, Lauren, you're up. You got to steal the limelight back from uh, from Caitlin over there. Nope. Oh God, just okay. Um, hi. Hello, Lauren. How are you? Good. You? I'm doing very well. I want to thank you for being on my podcast because you were a popular, as I'm sure you weren't surprised to hear. Um, but everybody loves hearing your voice and your perspective. And I heard quite a few people who hadn't been introduced to your voice who said she is quite an impressive 10-year-old. She really is very well-spoken, has lots of good ideas, and presents herself um, very professionally. Thank you and no problem. So do you have a question for me? Yes, I got two. So uh, the first one is how many people have you interviewed? To date, I have interviewed six people. Well, if I count you, your dad, and your mom, that's eight people. I have five episodes I've released, and I just recorded my sixth one today. Okay. And second one. The second one. So um, when, like, your, your kids are talking about, I don't know, like, money at the dinner table, and then you just hear something, and then you're just like, and then you just start blabbering about Bitcoin. Does your kids like just like just go like, oh no? Um, there is some eye rolling that does happen when Bitcoin is mentioned. I have changed my tactics, if you will, in talking about it with my children. So when um, I used to talk about it a bit, I had a much more uh, maybe aggressive approach to it. I've learned to dial down some of my personal um, talking points and kind of ask questions that might make them think about it a little differently from their own perspective. So I'm trying to get them to think through it rather than tell them what I think they should be thinking. Eileen has started to shill lightly, is what we say. <laughs> well, you need to start doing that because, like, whenever we, whenever we try and keep, like, we try and keep the money out of the conversation. Like, when we say something, and then Daddy's just like, "Bitcoin fixes this," and then me, like, my siblings, just like look at each other, just like help. 
But um, so we are very careful what we say in front of Daddy. We're just like, mm. I can the truth see out. that it doesn't sound like a very relaxed conversation. It sounds like no. He's just like he he's just on fire. We say we set like like when that happens, I say to mommy, "Well, you set him off because like <laughs> it's just like." The challenge is, Lauren, there's so much out there to potentially set your father off that I'm guessing it's pretty hard to have any conversation that doesn't find its way back to Bitcoin. Yes. Mm-hmm. But oh God, I think when we talked before, you were going to broach the subject of having a Bitcoin free dinner night. Have you been able to do that with the group? Or did you have to ask your father to leave the dinner table? I don't Actually, know. I think there has been one night, one night well, when you haven't been talking about it. So we were making like, pizzas the other night, oh, so I don't think we talked about it at all then. No, no, no. Because uh, we, it was Bitcoin Pizza Day, and my wife had ordered me the uni. Uh, shout out to uni! I mean, feel free to sponsor the show. Like you know, imagine making pizza um, machines—not machines. They're, they're beautiful. These things. They're stainless steel, and it's like you get a wood-fired uh, pizza. Uh, result from it because you you fill it with the uh, the wood chips at the back it's great but i'm sure they have no idea what bitcoin pizza day is <laughs> and they would be very very interested to learn about that i'm sure because a lot of bitcoiners were showing interest on the tweets i was putting out but i don't think we talked about bitcoin no um no, of course uh, we did it was bitcoin pizza oh yeah it was very there was it was all fun it was a really fun yeah, dinner yeah, we were all outside yeah, making pizzas together and yeah, but he wasn't like shouting like the government's broken and stuff. Like, oh like, right, you're talking. All right, we're we're back. We're back. We had some weird technical issues, and we're going to try and uh, you know push this on and pick up where we left off. Basically, Lauren was slating me for um, talking too much about Bitcoin, if I remember correctly, after this ten minute interlude, and I was making a case that we had a really fun dinner the other night, Bitcoin Pizza Night, <laughs> which of course we spoke about Bitcoin. <laughs> But it was fun. Yeah. Okay. And, All right. Um, More fun Bitcoin talks. No, I wanted to say something, but I forgot. Um, Do you have any other questions for me, Lauren? Yeah. Let's um, throw that one out there. No. No? Something else. Oh, yeah. We didn't actually know it was pizza Bitcoin day. They just completely forgot about it because we were having pizza that day. We didn't even think of it. And then Daddy saw on Twitter, oh, look, Bitcoin Pizza Day. Oh, it's Bitcoin Pizza Day. We're having pizza for dinner too. And just perfect like perfect timing. Yeah. So and do you have any more questions for Eileen uh, about no. Bitcoin? No. No? Okay, cool. Actually, do you have any questions for me? I do have a question for you, Lauren. Um, who are some of the people that you would like to talk to more about Bitcoin? Because I'm guessing a majority of the guests have been your father's invitation. But I believe as co-host that it's important for you to bring your perspective to the guests as well. Um, well... Uncle Ballas and Uncle Chad. Yeah, you want to hear from those guys again? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Well, Uncle Badders is at uh, uh, Toddler Than Thou. He's the, um, the, the creator and the, the mastermind behind uh, 21ism. 
He's one of the Bitcoiners we get to hang out with in real life. So okay. that's, that's great fun. So we do actually, I was talking to him about this the other day, and we are going to do a show with him and talking about 21ism, but we're waiting for the exact right time and uh, to get into that because that project is unbelievable. And Uncle Chad, yeah, he's going to come back on the show at some stage, I am sure. Uncle Chad is Michael Saylor. Okay. Well, then, so, Lauren, you have to make sure you prepare the questions that you want to ask them from your perspective. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you want to ask Uncle Chad. When's the party? <laughs> yes, I would ask that. <laughs> what else would I ask him? I, I don't know. You're going to have to put some thought you, into it. You're gonna, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait for him to, to come back on the show at some point. Right. Any more questions? Uh, no. Okay. Say goodnight to Eileen. Okay, right. Keep Bye. up the good work, Lauren. Very okay, proud of yeah, your work. Thank you. Bye. All right. It, it feels like it's taken us ages to get into this, but, but here we are. We're good to go. And apologies because uh, I even uh, the original time that we had set on, on Monday, but uh, That's okay. we, we are, we are good to go. Um, Right, Eileen, it's probably best if we if we start with a little bit about uh, your background, who you are, uh, where you are in life, and then we will talk about how you come to Bitcoin, because I think this is going to be a pretty interesting story. Um, so who I am, uh, well, I currently am living in the US. Um, I think we've already covered this, married, I got three kids. I am a civil engineer by trade. So that's my background. Um, and I don't know if what was your other question, how I got to Bitcoin? Is that enough yeah. of my background for you? Well, or are you so looking for anything else? What? Yeah, what, what's a civil engineer do? For, for example, what what does uh, that look like? So probably the most common thing that people could relate it to, there's, there's many aspects to civil engineering, but um, it, it really deals with kind of the, the heart of what we use every day for utility of life, if you will. So civil engineers design and build um, roadways and um, the utilities that you're using the uh, a lot of the infrastructure that's built in and around cities is all comes from plant, civil engineering design and planning and then construction so my background in particular is was originally in the utility space so i dealt with utility water wastewater design um kind of gravitated into utility coordination um, because i like working with people and i realized that there was some challenge around maybe communicating and bringing utilities together to have the conversations they needed to have that might be associated with say a roadway project. And then um, from there, I got more involved with some larger transportation projects over the years. So I've worked on some large bridge projects, transit projects, and I'm now working at an airport. So I've been in the transportation realm most of my whole career. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting to be around that and to see it kind of come to life from an idea to concept on a paper to design plans to bidding those jobs, having them be constructed and, and then walking 
or driving on the road that was built or, you know, being on a plane that's on a runway that's been constructed. So it's, it's pretty neat work. And so are you like deep in the weeds of designing all of that or you, you have a separate part of the get it must be just that this huge operation that needs to come together and you know a well-oiled machine it is i started out in design i worked my i realized that that really wasn't my strong suit um working with people was i was much better suited in dealing with the nuance of a project and all the the people elements around a project. So I worked my way into a project management and now I'm in program management, which is kind of bringing all those pieces together to make sure that the project happens the way it needs to happen, has the funding it needs, it has the approvals it needs, it has, I'm not doing the day in day out design anymore. While I do speak that language, it's not, um, it's not my day in day out, if you will. So. Okay. So, and, and you've been doing this for how long? Uh, over 25 years. Wow. So you, there you are deep in the depths of your, of your job. And, uh, uh you know, uh, to reference your podcast, along came Bitcoin out of left field and started challenging many aspects, I, I believe, or many kind of, uh, fixed mindsets or beliefs, which it does to all of us. So I'd love to know, how did you find it? Like, what, how, how did Bitcoin creep up and tap you on the left shoulder? So part of it, I came in at, first of all, I love math. That's, I think that's the engineering brain mindset that I have. So I've always been intrigued and drawn towards anything that's math related. But for um, probably a few years ago, I, I made a job change. And when I did that, I had some money in a retirement account and I started, <clears throat> we, I think a lot of us get on an autopilot where we're, you know, doing what's financially fiscally recommended as far as paying down your debt, putting your money away for retirement, all those things. And when I had a, a job change and I had this retirement money that I now had to figure out where I was going to keep it, invest it it kind of gave me pause and it made me kind of step back and think about that money, this pile of money that represented the work that I had, a portion of the work I had done for years. And I really hadn't been paying attention to how it was invested because it was on an autopilot, you know, investing. That, that kind of opened the can of worms for me to start thinking and asking about what is my money doing why is it invested the way it is? Is that the best way for it to be invested? Is that what I want it to be invested in ultimately? And trying to just gain better knowledge around that space. So I started learning a lot more about finance and investing. I found the um, TIP, the Investors Podcast with um, Preston Pish and Stig Bertison. And I thought they were a great resource. I started at the beginning and I was probably a few years behind them starting their podcast. So I could consume one, uh, one or two a day. And I was getting caught up on all the fundamentals of, of investing and listening to their mastermind groups and conversations they were having, how they were looking at investing and you know, it just got me thinking and learning. I went and read accounting books and I started reading finance books, which 
my daughter, you know, laughed at me because she's studied finance and, you know, accounting. And she's like, do you realize how strange it would be if I picked up an engineering book and started studying that? And I said, I know, but this is, this is what I'm curious about now. So I'm, I'm learning about it. So I, I'd spent a, probably a couple of years learning about that. And then I started testing the waters with my own investments, you know, something really small. And that's kind of how it started for me, I guess I'd, I'd say. And then around 2019 timeframe, I, there was some things that happened in, in the repro market, which I wasn't even familiar with and I didn't have any understanding of, but I heard this conversation around that and I was trying to understand what that meant and what was happening in that space. And then a few months later, this was probably February of 2020, um, I was listening to one of their podcasts, Driving to Work, and I heard, it was towards the end of one of their shows, I heard Preston talking about some footage he had seen, I think on Twitter, out of China. And he had seen some of the coverage that he had seen was that of Wuhan, China, and some of the the actions he saw, he said it was, it represented to him, it reminded him of a major military action, something he had seen in like wartime or preparing for war. And he couldn't believe what he was seeing and he couldn't believe how big it was and the potential that it had to affect not just China, but the entire globe. And Literally a month later, I was not working at my job because I was working from home. There were no commutes. I haven't been anymore for me since then. Um, I wasn't, everything I had been doing had kind of turned literally upside down. And it made me then step back and try to kind of assess what else maybe had been said or had been talked about that I missed. And when I went back and I kind of re-listened to some of their podcasts, I realized that I had been skipping whenever the word Bitcoin came up, I had skipped over those because I felt like I was already trying to consume a lot of information that the concept of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin was just a whole nother level. So I had skipped over those. So I went back, I found all those episodes and I started listening to everything with regard to Bitcoin because underneath that was a consistent you know, emphasis that you should at least have some exposure, at least 1% exposure to Bitcoin and you should understand how it works and you shouldn't. So then I said, well, now I have to learn about Bitcoin and then I have to figure out if it's something I want to have exposure to and if so, how much. So it was kind of the combination of me reflecting on my, my finances and my retirement combined with things happening in my day-to-day world that made me question. And then once you start learning about Bitcoin, you start going down a very different rabbit hole that can take a life of its own what was the first thing you read do you remember the the very first thing that i read the yeah. white paper really mm -hmm. wow the, the actual other than podcast that was the first i, I was like i have to read this it's like nine you, or ten pages long you mathematical engineer you like straight straight to the white paper that's, i wanted that's, to read that where the origin story i wanted to understand the original document not understand it but at least read it and I didn't understand all of it, but I at least understood some of the concepts that were presented there. And that's, that is the starting point and everything is built off of that. So, and I, I always go back to those kind of starting points and then I have to build up from there on my knowledge. And I don't 
take people's word for things. I have to learn it myself and I have to teach myself. And then I have to decide if that's something where my, where I stand on those things or where my conviction is. That's a pretty quick descent into the rabbit hole. Like, you know, it was. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) you've got the white paper under your belt and then you must be thinking, where the hell do I turn now? Yes, pretty much because it's not a simple, so you're listening to podcasts and then I had to start broad broadening my podcast because now I needed podcasts on Bitcoin. Um, I found Peter McCormick because he has a very simple title of, you know, what Bitcoin did. So I, I started listening to those. He, I think he does a good job as far as talking through his approach can be, you know, coming at it from testing the waters, exploring his ideas, verbalizing his thoughts, and then kind of walking through them. So I found some of those to be very helpful as far as nuance around wallets and all that. Turned to YouTube because I needed to understand some of the technicality behind like a wallet or an exchange or, you know, so I would go through a bunch of resources there. And then um, the combination of all that, I just kept layering on top and layering on top and learning more and more. It can seem overwhelming at times. Um, I remember seeing some image where they were showing somebody like it it was some comic image where it's like somebody pouring a bunch of water down someone's throat. And it was like me with, you know, Bitcoin podcast. And I felt, I felt like I was drinking from a fire hydrant with, with all of the content and all the information. So I had to try and just chunk out time every single night and, and work on it and learn more. And so I tested, I, and like anything you learn by doing. So I started by figuring out how to, what is an exchange? How do you open an, how do you open an account on exchange? How do you put money in? Okay. Now that I have money in there, how do I buy some Bitcoin? Okay. You know, a fraction, you know, some Satoshis really is what I was buying. And then once I bought those, now what do I do? And then I would watch the price because that's your first reaction is watching the price. And then my timing happened to be very fortunate because I started learning about all this last spring and I, I kind of dipped my toes into the water in the summer. And then by the end of the summer, I, I already had kind of full conviction. And I think that coincided with um, some of Michael Saylor's, you know, comments and outreach and I think his, his attention and his conviction around it was similar to some of the sentiments that I had. And so I felt now I felt like, okay, now here's a different party that's coming into the conversation and sharing his thought process also. And, and I had a very, not maybe to his degree, but I had a similar experience. So then I didn't feel like I was crazy. I was, you know, kind of in a, a new world. It's amazing. It still amazes me how quickly people get it now uh, compared to back in 2015, 16, well, even earlier. Like, you know, it just took so much longer back in those days. Well, I think the credit goes to all of the individuals that have dedicated a lot of their time and energy to putting out really quality content, your show included. Uh, there's so many great books, articles, uh, podcasts, whatever 
however you learn, there's a way to learn about Bitcoin. And I think that that really speaks to how quickly people can process information now and learn about it and, and get that under their belt. And then, then they can decide what they want to do from there. It seems to me you were already pretty much uh, kind of a lifelong learner. Uh, you know, yes. I, I get the idea you, you, you come from a pretty academic kind of uh, uh, type or brain set. And yeah, uh, you, my, very... my parents were both in education. My mother's an English professor and my father was a guidance counselor, but they both, you know, went to school, traveled, have, um, you know, education was a very big thing in my household growing up. So tackling Bitcoin then was just another project really for you. It wasn't like, because what, what many of us find that had the love of learning beaten out of us at school, when we find Bitcoin, it's like all of that intrigue and um, passion to learn again just comes flooding back and you cannot it's like you know you you end up drinking from the fire hydrant like you said mm -hmm. it's just amazing so you were already in the mindset of love to learn very very open to uh to new things and you know engineering background mathematical background you were just primed mm -hmm. for Bitcoin. pretty much pretty predisposed much. <laughs> for bitcoin like that's amazing that uh that it presented you and presented itself to you in in that way and then you um, joined, um, so after I uh, did a, another pleb show with, with Alvaro, with... Um, yes, the Mind so, Studios. The Mind yes. Studio. So if, if those listeners haven't listened to that one, they can go back. Uh, because Alvaro is a friend of mine that I had orange-pilled. Um, and he, he, like, bam, he gets it. And within two months, he'd already bought some Bitcoin, self-custodied, was talking about what's next, what do I need to do about Node, and how do I give back to the space within like six to eight weeks. Same as you. You know, you've <laughs> already started your own podcast. This is going so damn quickly. You cannot stop this. So um, we should give a shout out to Alvaro and MindsStudio.com. Do, do you want to actually, um, how did you come across that and... Um, how was it how was it um turning up to those first few sessions and and how was it un, unveiled so when i for, i heard your podcast it was right around the same time i i think for a lot of people once you start feeling more strongly about bitcoin you then start sharing it with those in your space so your family your friends your community and very quickly you realize that you have a lot more information than they do and you're probably coming at it a little strong and a little emotional sometimes because I think there's you're trying to you know share information that you have with those that you care about in hopes that they'll understand it uh, better at least process it a little bit better. Anyway, I realized that I was becoming a little too strong in my conversation with my family and my loved ones. So I recognized that I needed an outlet, other people that I could talk to besides just listening to podcasts. I needed to be part of something where I could share my ideas and ask my questions and learn from others in a space where we were learning together. And it, it just happened to coincide with the timing of your show and Alvaro put it out there as kind of a, I'll try this. I'm going to see if there's anybody interested 
And if you're interested, you know, he provided a link. And at that point I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just, I'm going to reach out to Alvaro and I'm going to tell him I'm, I mean, I'm interested and I want to talk to more people. I'm still on my learning journey. I will be for a long time forever, but it'll at least give me some more people to talk to and have some more conversations. So the first time I came, I thought I have no idea who's going to be in this group. Are there going to be 50 people or is it going to be me and Alvaro talking to each other? And I, I just didn't know. So I think the first time I showed up, there were probably about seven or eight of us at, on that call. I didn't even know, I didn't know that you were going to be part of that, that group as well. So that was nice. Cause then I don't know you, but at least, you know, you're a familiar voice. It's amazing how podcasts can start affecting people's mindset around knowing somebody, even though they're just listening to their voice. Um, and Alvaro is there. And then I met people literally from all across the planet, <laughs> you know, the globe and in, in people from Germany and France and Portugal and the UK and the US, but on the West Coast. So it was really interesting to have this mix of people in the same space at the same time, all with a common interest and just being curious and excited to meet each other. The energy was there of because of, we all really haven't done a lot during COVID. So being able to actually just talk to people, even if it's virtually. And then that commonality that we had about being curious and wanting to learn and as well as, you know, giving back, figuring out what our thing was that we wanted to give back. I don't think we all recognized at the time that we had some energy of wanting to give back to the space, but I've seen it since we've been, I think it's been a couple months now that we've been meeting, I think three months since we've been meeting and there's a common thread that everyone gets to a point where they just want to figure out how they can contribute in one way or another. And that's pretty cool to watch each of these projects come off and, and take on a life of their own. It's pretty yeah. interesting. It's crazy. Out of that group, you know, Josias is starting his uh, Bitcoin football soccer kind of uh, project to try and orange pill his local community through through sports. Yes, and he's going to start which with I love. football just a brilliant project and uh he, he's, he's so passionate about so it so passionate his, you can't, <laughs> and so encouraging about all of us and anything we're doing it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see and, and um, uh we've had jan uh you know he's very deeply analytical and now he's getting published in bitcoin magazine and uh, with all of his uh his articles he's given back uh tim is on fire right now with I his know. project <laughs> where he's gonna do the uh, the proof of work film and uh, partner up with Richard James to do that, and uh, they're connected. You know, you got a guy in Wales and a guy in God knows where in Australia coming together to put together what is yes. going to be probably one of the projects of the year because I know what the, I know the work these guys are capable of doing. It's nuts. We have you starting your own podcast and uh, you know trying to you know um, you know drill down on that niche that, uh, hey, I'm a woman in this space. Not only that, a married woman with three kids and, you know, dealing with, we're gonna ask questions about that in a second, but want to speak to to more women and inspire more women to come forward and, and share their, uh, their thoughts and experiences. Um, it's unstoppable. It is, it's, and it's contagious. Like once you get around it, you really do get inspired and, and feel motivated to take that action and learn from it just like everything else we've done um, 
And so it's fun to be part of that. I, I really have enjoyed that community. I feel like I have, I could go anywhere and sit down, have dinner with any one of these guys. And, you know, ironically though, not ironically, but true to form of the group, I'm one of the few women. I think um, I was the only woman for a little while there. I, I know we've had some women come in and out. I'm fine with that, but I, it just, it reaffirmed for me what I already knew to be true was that there's just not enough women vocal sharing their ideas and their thoughts. So I thought it just confirmed for me that my thoughts and my idea had some value. What's going on there, do you think? What, why is that? Why is this um, dominated at the moment by, um, you know, guys? I don't, I don't think it is. I just think that the men are more verbal. I think there are a lot more women in this space. They're just maybe not as vocal and as active in the conversations. And I've, I have, have had very similar experiences in the engineering world that I've been in for years. Um, there it's, it's a male dominated field. It is, um, my, in my schooling, in my career, I, I'm definitely not in the minority, I'm in the majority, I'm in the minority. So I'm used to that. It's nothing new for me. Um, but I have over the years learned getting involved with other groups, other organizations that when I kind of reach out to more women and I kind of pull them in or pull them up, that that is sometimes all that they need before they start taking more action or being more engaged or more vocal about it. So I've found it through other organizations I've been involved in. It's something that I think is, I've seen it happen before. So I, I know it can happen here. So they're out there, they're just hiding. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, they're pretty busy. I gotta be honest. A lot of them are <laughs> they're They are working jobs and raising families and, you know, barely taking care of themselves for the most part. And then to take time to understand all the nuance of, finances in the entire financial industry is not a simple task. It's a, it's, it takes a bit of effort. So my thought with my podcast was that at least I could be sharing that with my friends and that might at least get them to start thinking about it and learning at least through what I'm learning and see if, if that doesn't have a, an impact on them. And how's that been with, you know, trying to talk to your friends, because we always, we come up against this pretty, you know, solid brick wall for the most part when we're trying to explain what we've learned. Uh, because most people are close to it; that they don't want to hear about it. They, you know, that the knee-jerk reaction is it's ununderstandable. There's nowhere in the world I'm going to be able to even get close to understanding what you're talking about. And the, um, you know, the shutters go up pretty, pretty damn quick. And whether that's with your friends or with your spouse. Um, what have you, what, what are the challenges that you found there? So I think, um, with my friends, it has been challenging because I've, I've kind of shared that something new I've learned about, I'm, I'm very interested in, I think you should learn about it too, for your own benefit. But I also recognize that not everyone's ready to have that conversation and for, and if you think about it, I mean, when we talk with our friends and we talk, uh, you know, about things that we're doing, it's, we don't sit around saying, talking about our portfolios, and our investments and our, 
we don't even talk about how much money we make in our jobs. It's a lot of this is taboo. And so to then take it to another level with something like Bitcoin becomes even more complicated and confusing sometimes or even more taboo, I guess is what you would say. So recognizing that, I, I decided to kind of pull back a bit from the approach that I had and just say it's something I'm learning about and it's something I've gained a lot of value from learning about and I would encourage others for their future, for their future wealth, for their future investments to take the time to learn it. But honestly, they shouldn't be investing in it because I told them to. It's not how it works. It's not how anybody should be. But I think we should all be taking time to step back and understand what is our money currently invested in and what is it doing and why. And then from there, maybe think about where Bitcoin might fit into the space for, for each of us. And family dynamic wise, how's that been playing out? Uh, because uh, it's definitely, there can be a bit of a stigma, I suppose, around um, certain demographics, like, uh, you know, in many households, it's it's down to the man to make financial decisions and things like that. Um, it seems to me as though you have a very open family and you're, you're very kind of, um, uh, happy for each other to go off and like you said in the beginning you know you do you and, and go learn mm -hmm. what you want to learn but when you when you bring something like this to the table and you're like and i'm sure you you know correct me if i'm wrong but i'm sure you've you've probably hinted along the lines of you know in, in 10 years time this could like th this is a life changer that this could be a complete and utter game changer that that's this is big stuff we're talking about uh, so how have those conversations kind of gone it is so i think on the more personal you know relationship my husband and i um we've been married for you know almost we've just had our 24th anniversary we've um spent a lot of time communicating and sharing um we have a really good way of communicating with each other and respecting each other's perspectives. And uh, from the financial perspective, we discuss everything we always have. We kind of, when we were really young and first getting married, we um, kind of had a rule that one of, neither one of us would spend more than a hundred bucks without discussing it because it was both of our money that we were spending. And we wanted to, I mean, that's such a simple thing, but then we got to the point where like, all right, a hundred dollars might be a little, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little low. Maybe we need to bump the amount up. But the the point was that we want we always wanted to be having conversations about our money and how we were spending it, really how we were investing it. And we are kind of that mindset of saving and putting away and living below our means and providing for the things that we thought were valuable, but not not being grandiose and over the top. And and so when I started kind of looking into Bitcoin and I started talking to my husband about it. And I said, you know, what do you know? He's like, I, I've read articles, but I really don't know much about it. I don't understand it. And I said, I think this might actually address the, the inflation issue. Cause that's where I was starting to kind of come into it from was from inflation in 2019, 2020, and then COVID. And I, you could start seeing where, where all this quantitative easing and, stimulus and all that was just going to accelerate everything that was happening. So, 
it was interesting because we had gone down this traditional do you, and we were looking at investing in real estate. We we're looking at investing in precious metal. You know, you go through all these different ways that you could be investing for the future. And then when I kind of dug into this more, I said, I think we need to be seriously allocating a portion of our money towards this. And then, then you start having the discussion of what's the right amount, like for, for us as a couple based on where we are and our risk tolerance and our, you know, what are we willing to, to work with? So that was its own conversation. And how do you do that? And what's, and I came up, you know, the nerd that I am, the math, I came up with spreadsheets and I modeled everything out and I modeled it. If, if if you have an investment in Bitcoin and it goes to zero, and then what if it goes at that time, it was below 20,000. So then, okay, what if it goes to 20? What if it goes to 50? And then what if it goes to a hundred? And I don't know, what if it goes to 200 and that's pretty much where I stopped. I was like, wow, that really, the Delta in there is, I don't know, it could take on a whole nother level, but just looking at that kind of, then you can, I think, wrap your head around what are you, where are you in that and where are you comfortable? Because you do have to be able to sleep at night and you do have to, you know, I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I'm not 90% or whatever. I'm not there. We're not there. It's not where our life is right now. with kids in college and, you know, still working and all that good stuff. But well, you can't get three kids in a Lambo, Eileen. So I don't want a Lambo. I can tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) I will not ever be driving a Lambo. (laughs) Do do you enjoy the, clearly you're on Bitcoin Twitter. I see you on there. And uh, do do you enjoy some of the, the banter on there? Or do you think it's all a bit kind of silly and crazy and needs toning down or it is what it is i i think it can be a little strong i recognize i'm newer in it so i decided that my contribution would be to put a positive quote out every day and to contribute in that way because that's again something i thought maybe was missing with something a little more positive in the space and a little lighthearted or not you know it's not joking but it's just a thought for the day and I feel like that's how I can contribute. So rather than complain about it, I'm doing something that I think will kind of counter a little bit of it. I do find it's pretty intense. It's pretty negative at times. Um, I have had to kind of put it in a timeout because um, like a lot of things this last year, I, I dialed back on what I consume, that kind of that information diet, if you will. And I think Twitter is even part of that, that it's, there is good content, there is good information, but to be on it all day, every day, I don't think is healthy. I think you should allot it some time in your life and allocate time to it and then put it away and let it be. It's um, so Uh, that's been my experience with it. I I was, uh, yeah, you've seen how, suck it into it i've i've become and uh you know it's it's funny actually i spent the last uh two mornings out on the golf course you know things are opening up here again and, and people are going out and uh, it was just nice to get out on the golf course and even then i couldn't resist to take the picture you know and just quickly post that on twitter you know it it, it feels weird that um I know it's just like SMSing, like a group SMSing a bunch of your friends, like every now and then it's, it's just weird. And that that's the way I see it. And the, the whole maximalist thing, um, and toxicity that, that people, uh, talk about, um, I would, I would say, you know, is 
kind of almost well-intentioned because it's aimed at people that are trying to bring the wrong narratives to to this space that has been built or scammers that are coming in and trying to you know pick off the people that just you know coming in uh, and on the, the fringes of learning about bitcoin but then just get pulled off into this other project which is you know just selling snake oil and, and whatever else um so it's been interesting for me to watch that because i i lurked for a very very long time before i stepped up into the uh into the playground if you will and um yeah it's a, it's definitely well, it's a male dominated space right there's a lot of cockfighting on there <laughs> yeah <too. it> is. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it, it's very very it's very direct and it's very harsh um and i don't know maybe I, I maybe i'm drawn to it and i like that directness because of all of the other nonsense that we get in the mainstream media or everyday life where there are not real conversations being had um and you know these group calls that we do once a week we're on there for like two and a half hours no. complete strangers sharing the deepest thoughts with each other that you you don't even share with you know your closest family members or or friends you you don't get into those kind of conversations it's bizarre it is well i think too it's a community of like-minded people we're curious and we're um we want to support each other in the things that we're doing but i also think we're looking for our own little community just like you would if you went out and you know went to a bar or a restaurant and you met up with your friends and I, I view it as kind of a similar thing to that but i do think that things have changed for a lot of us and it's harder sometimes just to be around your friends your you know I've heard the phrase normie, you know, I think that's probably another jab at people. So I don't like using those phrases, but um, maybe those that are not into Bitcoin or understanding it, um, it can be a little challenging sometimes to have normal conversations and not talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> it is a little tough. So to find a room full of people who are all so excited and talking over each other at times because there's so much energies, energy there and ideas is it's refreshing, I think is what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, yeah, I couldn't imagine doing thankfully i don't have a fiat job anymore and i want to ask you about this but like you know that the next cocktail party you might have to go to or the next off-site or something like that um the you, you're gonna be i know what you're gonna be doing you're gonna be like you know cruising a room is there another bitcoiner in here and if there will be that's it you guys are could just you'll be in the corner for the rest of the night and you won't speak to anybody else it's funny that you should say that because i just had a, a girls weekend with um three of my girlfriends from high school and we all went to the beach together and hung out. We do this a couple of times a year. And one of them has, is into Bitcoin. I've been talking to all four of them, all three of them over the last year about this journey I'm on. And then this, when I went this time, I was, I said, okay, I'm going to share with all of them that I have a podcast now. Cause even that is something I have to, you know, put out there. So I 
shared with them what I was doing, why I was doing it. And one of my friends, she was already into, she's into cryptocurrencies and she's into Bitcoin. And so she and I had been talking and I, I consciously said, we can't talk about this all weekend. <laughs> we have to, we have to, you know, be talking about other things, but there's definitely an energy. We, we now have a synergy between us and um, she's actually interested in, in joining our group. I think she was on the call this week. I wasn't able to make it. So getting was it finding Michelle? some it was yes. okay i met so, her yesterday yes i yes. didn't realize so, okay we went to high school together so it's things like that that um you know they'll come at the right time and in the right space and for everybody when when it works out for them oh that's so cool that's so cool that you got one of your closest friends that is is down the rabbit hole and, and starting to see the things that you see as well that's that's brilliant do you know uh, how much has it changed your your view to like your work for example you know that, that that's been something that you've been doing for for many many years and we all know that once we start interacting with bitcoin it changes us in certain ways and have you had any kind of experiences where something's come your way and you're just like, you're just looking at it through a completely different lens. I think I was already there with some of, some of it, um, partially because work that I do is supported by federal funding and state funding. And so I've always had exposure to a little bit of, of how that works and I've been curious about it, but it's also underlying my career and my industry so it's a double-edged sword because you you know you can't have some of these projects and some of these efforts if you don't have money to support them and that money is coming from tax paying dollars or fees you pay to get on a plane or you know whatever whatever it is it, it's there to support the system underneath it um but i there's definitely room for improvement is what I would say. And so finding, I would, I feel that I'm kind of walking in parallel universes. I have like, my feet are in two different worlds. Um, and it can be hard to wrap your head around that at times. And I can't leave one world to go into the other in either way. I'm not prepared to do that. So figuring out how you learn through that and how you grow through that, I think is, is everybody's own personal journey that they go through because you can't be all, I mean, all Bitcoin all the time. It's, it's not possible. I don't think I could be wrong, but I think you still have to have some interaction with the other side, if you will. The, the reason I ask is because I came to Bitcoin after, you know, leaving my career and my career was fiat. It was foreign exchange. It was dollars and yen and euros and pounds. It was all of that stuff. And didn't have a clue, did not have a clue. It's even called fiat. You know, it, it was just, you know, you, you turn up one day in that, that career and you either make it or you are gone. And so 17, 18 years, you know, sitting behind those desks and, and brokering these foreign exchange deals. I don't think, you know, where I am now with Bitcoin and what I see the, the financial legacy system as, I don't think that I, I could have fallen this deep down the rabbit hole and gone in and carried on doing 
doing my my old job you know so i've never had to face the, these challenges that that people out there are and i know there's loads of people that are trapped in their fiat jobs that um don't enjoy it for number one uh see through it number two and are just stacking as hard as they can so that they can get out at some stage but i don't get that feeling from you it feels to me as though uh you you've managed to find a, a pretty good balance so far yeah, and I think it probably depends. It depends what you do, right? And and how what work you're involved in and, and how that touches things. So I'm in and around aviation. I mean, when when planes aren't flying, our world changes dramatically. It really cuts off all the circulation of our experiences and the, the things we can see and do. So I there is still a need for that. You still have to have planes in the sky. And so just figuring out what part of the work and contributes to the good of society and what's maybe not contributing to the good of society is that that can be a little hard to do. I think maybe my job's a little more tied to the practical, the day in and day out of, you know, transportation and roadways and airfare and things like that, mass transit that a lot of individuals rely on for their to move around. So that might be part of it. Um, that's all I can come up with as far as, but in the same breath, I don't wanna work forever. I don't, I, I've always had a, a goal or a vision to be retiring early. And I now in this past year and to work more remotely and having the experiences of last year, I'm working very hard to pull as much of that forward as I can. How, how quickly can I go remote? How, how quickly can I, get into retirement mode and becoming much more active in in looking in visualizing that what does it look like what does it feel like what would i be doing with that time what you know and i think my husband and i are both on on the same page with that so that's kind of exciting having those conversations and thinking in the future of of what that would look like for us um so when you asked early on at the very beginning if you know we want to have our kids home all the time now <laughs> I want them to go and do because we want to go and do so you know we have a lot of things to explore and and experience and and see that what their lives are like as they explore things too and bitcoin gives you hope for that to, to be oh, it totally does yeah. It, yeah completely um and granted the number's gone up obviously since since i first got into it i haven't been through a bear cycle i haven't been on the other side but i also feel like in the last um month or so it's been pretty volatile i'm past all the emotion of that i don't really i might look at a number but i'm not i'm not drawn to that number it's it has a different meaning to me now than than it did then i'm looking at things differently i've listened to a couple of john vallis's podcasts and some of the individuals he's had on are just so inspiring with the work that they're doing and how they're integrating living more organically and more authentically. And so those, those kind of things I find very exciting and inspirational. And it, it kind of makes you maybe think of, I don't even like the word retirement, but just moving on to the next phase of your life. And, and what are we going to do in that phase of life and, and what's it going to look like? And I'm very excited for all of that. Are you referencing his show with the untapped growth and, uh, um, Poof cows, guys. Did you listen to that one? The the regenerative uh, agricultural. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh man, favorite uh, was, episode of twenty one. It, it was fantastic, and yeah. I, 
I even reached out to the gentleman afterwards. Yes, so did I. I. I was like, this is so my husband and I, it, because as I mentioned before, we were looking at where can you invest and put your time, your money towards something that has meaning and value. And we had, you know, looked at real estate, but real estate is just, it's off the charts. It's uh -huh. ridiculous. But something around that model is different. And it's, 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 I don't know, it's exciting in a different way. It's not just buying a piece of property to have it sit there. It's, it's doing something and it's kind of feeding an ecosystem that we are kind of excited about and, and want to be more a part of and trying to figure out how you get more into that, that community. And do you get lit up as well? Being a civil engineer um, and understanding, you know, the engineering side and mathematical side of things, like the what's going on in the mining space, and you know, taking the the wasted flared gas and and all that kind of stuff. Yes, the Great American Mining Company and what Matterdell, that that whole side of it. I'm intrigued by it. Maybe not as much as just all the people. I think even yes, I have an engineering degree and I you know, do it as a career, but I really just love people and I love meeting people and understanding them and what inspires them and motivates them. And that's kind of what gets me excited in, in the space is all the energy and all the, the, the people that are here and how they're thinking and living and working and contributing that, that I find is they're I feel like they're very alive. They're very awake and engaged. Um, and I, that's where I feel for people who might be kind of numbed out of their life or kind of don't have a lot of hope because there's so much out there that if you can connect into the right space, it's really pretty, pretty amazing. And you heading to Miami for the conference? Are you going to go down and mingle? I am. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. So are you going alone or are you dragging the family with you? What was the... um, my husband's coming, but he doesn't. I didn't get him a ticket to the conference. He's just going to work. He works remotely anyway. So he's just going to work remotely down there. Um, he's coming more mainly to support me because this is something I've been very interested in and intrigued by. Um, he's had his own passion project this past year. So he got into bees and he's been so curious about bees. He's been taking classes and and studying and all this other stuff. So this past year, he started his own little beehives and he has his own community of bees living on the side of our house now, two of them. Um, so we've kind of been supporting each other and how we're learning. And, and so in our household, it's bees and Bitcoin. That's what we always kind of joke about. And the kids roll their eyes at like yours. If, if we talk about bees or Bitcoin, they start rolling their eyes because they're like, ah, oh, enough already. I love it. Yeah. So you are primed. I mean, bees and cows, it's just the natural <laughs> next step, right? It's, uh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool that you're going to get to go. We, we've given up. We've knocked the conference on the head and uh, we're just going to go hang in Spain because at least we can travel there. No problem. But um, borders are still closed to Europeans. So it's, uh, we'll have to meet you another time, which is a real bummer. But um, I'm sure your husband's going to get to meet some really cool Bitcoiners in the bars or the restaurants, uh, people, it's going to be swamped with people. Yeah, there's down a there. pub crawl going on, so I got us both shirts. So we're, I said you're going to come to the pub crawl, and we'll you'll meet some people. And I don't know anybody, so is that Preston's one? Is is he? Yes, to, yeah. yes. Ah, oh, that's how cool is that? You're going to get to meet Preston after listening to all of those podcasts. Yeah, yes. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm sure he's a pretty popular person and all this stuff. But um, yeah, I'd like to meet him just to say thank you. 
and and Stig too. I think you know everyone talks about Preston, but I know that Stig has always been a big um, supporter of of that space, and maybe not as vocal about it. But I think the way the two of them introduced the concept, educated people around it, and provided them resources. I can't thank them enough for for what they did because it to me it's been invaluable. Um, just learning through that process and has completely changed my life and how I look at things and how, what I value. And I feel like it's bought back time and energy into my life that I didn't know that I would have in, in such a short amount of time. It's how does a, how does a protocol, how does an internet protocol do that to people? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's madness, isn't it? It really, it's pretty amazing. So you have to go back to the white paper and you just read, you know, those nine pages and then you think of all the lives that it's affected and impacted. And um, for those that have taken the time to learn and understand and then to grow from there, it's pretty, pretty awesome. All right, Eileen. Well, if you had one orange pill left to give, who would you give it to and why? So that's, I thought about this one. And first I thought maybe it has to be a woman. Um, I originally thought maybe like a Oprah Winfrey or somebody like that, that has a big audience. But I think I it would rather be somebody um, maybe more like a Melinda Gates or um Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, I should know her name. Um, She just recently had, they got divorced. She had a lot of money and she has been gifting it away to people very subtly, not making big productions about it. But what I thought would be so beautiful is if she had swallowed that orange pill and then she took her, her wealth and invested it and then took that investment and then gifted to these nonprofits and these organizations with the caveat that they need someone who's learning about Bitcoin and then using the Bitcoin that, that she then gifts to them as a way to further grow their mission. And I think that would be a much more organic way for it to affect a lot of people that are doing a lot of good and who need the support and the financially and um, and who are helping others in our community, but doing it in a much more organic way. So that's kind of where, where my head went. Very cool. I love it. Of course it had to be a woman. And uh, I'm just trying to think back of any other women that have been shouted out on the show before. And I'm, I'm struggling, you know, it's. Uh, I think you've heard right. Janet Yellen probably, but I don't, that's yeah. not where my focus is. That's not my priority. Cause I think it should be somebody who has a very philanthropic approach to things and who will use that knowledge to help others to learn. Very cool. Well, Eileen, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to discuss today or we didn't cover that you, you think we might've missed? I don't think so. I, I would just say I'm, I'm always looking to speak to more women in this space. So, you know, I have my own, Along came Bitcoin podcast, and I would really love to connect to, to women in the space and talk to them. And so my DMs are open. My my Twitter handle is at wise underscore wake, and that actually is a byproduct of one of the women that you had on your show very early on. Um, I think one of her taglines at the end of the show was to 
wake up, wise up and stack up. And I thought that that was such a synced way of putting it for everyone out there. Do you remember who that was? Um, it was your first boomer, your female boomer. Oh, it was Angela. Angela. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, brilliant. Well, shout out to Angela. I would love to give yeah. her a shout out. I don't know if she listens to the pods. Uh, yes. She's definitely well, not on Twitter. Her, <laughs> please tell her I said thank you because I thought her, her conversation was wonderful and her, her tagline was, was a really appropriate one. Wise up, wake up, stack up. Mm -hmm. No, you have to wake up first, then you wise up, then you stack up. Love it. You have to wake up first. Love it. I love the fact that, you, you know, you uh, something that occurred on, on this podcast, you know, stuck that deeply with you that, uh, that that's what's uh, carried through to this project. That's, that's very I know, cool. and it's, it's my Twitter. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's what I'm using on Twitter. And then from there, I now have a podcast. So, yeah, you have to well, take action there. You have to take that first step. So. And I wanted to say, you know, congrats on, on stepping up and doing that because there are so many people out there that are thinking they're on the edge probably of, oh, I've got to do something. What is it? And the, probably the only thing holding them back is procrastination or a little bit of fear. Uh, and you've just smashed it. So you're going for it. And I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the space and the little niche that you're trying to build. And I think it's going to go a long, long way. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your support because that's an encouragement that's helped a lot. Um, I think you do a lot for those that are trying to start things. And, and it's important that we all support each other and encourage each other because there's a lot out there that we could be doing. Um, so it's it's exciting to be part of this this community. I'm, I'm very grateful for all the Bitcoiners out there and all the Bitcoiners to come. Proud class of 2020 here. So, love it. Well, thanks, Eileen. Great to uh, great to do this, and all the best with your own show. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that show with Eileen. Eileen, thank you so much for coming on again. I'm so glad I found this audio file because a re-record just wouldn't have had the same results. You nailed this one first time around. Loved the conversation. And I hope the people listening are getting inspired by Eileen's story, what she's managed to do, what she's achieved. Uh, she joined the Minds Studio, the, uh, the Bitcoin group that Alvaro set up. That's another pleb that's been on the show to talk about getting together a group of people and just throwing ideas around and learning from each other. There's nothing stopping you guys doing that with the five or six close kind of Twitter buddies that you have. Just jump on Zoom calls. Start a project together. We need you. We need you to do that. The plebs need to rise. They rise every day. And if, as soon as you start rising and putting a project out there, it's amazing the things that open up, the people that come to you and want to help you and can connect with you or connect you with others. Don't hold it back. The time is now. Thank you, Eileen, for coming on. Go check out Eileen's show, Along Came Bitcoin, and you can find her on Twitter. It's an Insta follow, at wise underscore wake. Please also show some respect and go support the show sponsors if you can. Coinfloor.co.uk swanbitcoin.com relay.ch stack safe with those guys but then make sure you get a hardware wallet the bitbox 02 bitcoin only edition shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten